Hey, this is Steven from the Brooklyn Art Library, and this week we're going to do something a little different. We need your help. You see, for 15 years or so, we have run the Brooklyn Art Library and the Sketchbook Project as a crowdsourced, crowdfunded project, meaning you bought a blank book from us, you sent it back, and it became part of our permanent collection. This funding model worked really well in keeping our library open and free to the public, allowed us to travel around the world, and to just exist for the past decade and a half. But as we became a nonprofit in 2020, just a few weeks later when COVID happened, we have yet to find our footing on how to move forward in a more nonprofit model. We want to focus on our 55,000 books that are in our collection. We want to help highlight artists, offer free educational programming, and all of those great things that come along with it. But we can't do it without you. So we'd love for you to listen to this interview with Chris Jobson from Colossal uh, as he speaks to me about what the future is and what we're looking for. So take a listen. And if you want to make a donation, you can do it at brooklynartlibrary.org slash donate. Thanks. Hey, Chris, how's it going? It's going good, going good. Really excited to uh, to chat with you today about the sketchbook project and everything that's going on. It's like, uh, I think I was just telling you, but it's it's been a couple months since we've done an episode and, and I feel like I, I got to get back into the swing of things. So we'll... We'll see if I can get podcast Steve going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited because I think uh, more or less uh, I've been aware of what you guys have been doing for a decade now. I mean, following, writing about, working with you guys, coming to Brooklyn, visiting the library. Uh, I feel like I've had just a front row seat to everything that you guys have done and how you've grown and, and think everything that's happened. Um, and it's just been like thrilling, like thrilling to watch it, like, yeah. you know, un- unfold. Well, I mean, we feel that way about you too. And, and I, for, for our listeners, uh, Chris, you did our, uh, initial, like our first uh, mobile library tour. We like, just were like, hey, do you want to fly to New York and go through twenty thousand plus sketchbooks? And and I, we always talk about this, but you like took your job so seriously. Oh, way, I took it way too seriously. <laughs> I literally went through two month. days. Just I was like, I can look at all of them. I can t- I can look at all of them. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, it was it was amazing to see, and and I, I still think you're you've probably looked at the most books out of anyone still. (laughs) (laughs) And to imagine that at that time, since then you guys have more than doubled, like what is in the library? It's incomprehensible that there's that many sketchbooks. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you went through them all and and you helped curate and we did a, like a three city little tour in the, and it was like getting to be cold in the Northeast. I think I remember being like, I remember wearing winter coats when we went on this tour, I think um, it was maybe like November, but yeah, it was, it was super cool. And that was like probably almost 10 years ago, I would say probably 2012, maybe. Something yeah. Like it, would, it would have been 2012 or 13 at the, yeah, at least. Yeah. And you guys had built this like food truck, but it was for a library. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh it was our like hot dog stands. 
<laughs> sketchbooks. Uh, and yeah, that, that lasted for a while. And then it just, uh, it was just so, we did a whole episode on tour. Those of you who are really interested in like the nitty gritty of this and we, until we got to the bookmobile that we have now, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the, quite the beast to drive. I think we were 37 feet or something at one point with the van and the, and the, the, the mobile library. So yeah, it was, we were just sending like 22 year olds out on the road and being like, see you when you get to California. <laughs> That's it awesome. Fine. It was all fine. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to chat with you today. This is kind of like a special episode for us. Uh, those of you who have been listening to the podcast, we've been interviewing artists. Um, we kind of invited uh, Chris here today to to sort of interview me and like talk about the future of, of the collection because we have a lot of really big changes coming and um, and we're really sort of excited to tell you about that and how we got here and sort of the struggles as a as an organization through COVID and and beyond and. Um, yeah, we're just we're going to just have like a little conversation about that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I guess I should I should sort of quickly say that um, what sort of brought us here is we've been doing this model. If you if you knew us previous to uh, to being a nonprofit, we have always been uh, sustainable through selling the blank sketchbooks. So we really rarely did anything else. We rarely had an influx of money from other places, but the, the project itself was always run that way. And and I think that worked really well for, you know, 15 plus years, but we've sort of reached this point where we really want to focus on the collection. And also that model feels more and more uh, unsustainable as we move forward uh, because it's sort of an endless cycle. You know, we, we have to advertise and market to a community to buy a blank book and get them to fill it out and send it back. And then we have to catalog those books and digitize them. And that process takes 18 months. So we're always sort of stepping on our own feet. Um, and so we've sort of became a nonprofit with, with the hope to, to sort of change that uh, perspective a little bit. Um, and then we became a nonprofit in February. It was February 3rd, 2020. It was our first day that we switched over. Uh, and as, as the world knows that about, Five weeks later, COVID started. And so we sort of just made the decision to do business as usual for the first year. Um, but it's it, as I think most arts organizations are probably struggling during this time, we did also, but it also just changed our perspective of what we want. And so we we sort of have reached this, this tipping point of not sustainable in our current model. How do we move forward? And uh, we sort of have been having this conversation and, and how to announce it to our community that we want to change our model. And, and this is sort of our way of doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm like trying not to answer all of the questions you might have, Chris. With that. <laughs> well, that, wrap, that wraps it up, Steve. Right, that that's, a, it. <laughs> that's a great podcast. So, you know, let's just, what I would like is if you could just sort of talk to me about just right now, today, how big is the sketchbook project? What is the what is the day to day like? You're you know uh, you're still a newly formed kind of nonprofit. You're exploring the world you know as a different you know entity in a way. But you know if somebody were to walk into the you know Brooklyn Art Library, like who are you guys? What are you doing? What's the day to day like? Are you still you know are there other ancillary projects that are going on? Just like a quick snapshot. 
Yeah, so we we have 55,000 sketchbooks in the collection uh, from, I believe, pretty much most countries in the world, um, all different continents. Uh, we used to not have Antarctica, but we definitely have some books that are tagged that now. And yeah, we're, we're doing, a, you know, a lot of different projects. Um, we are really focusing on sort of book-based projects. We have this 99 art journal that we made with a bunch of prompts, and then we made another version, and then we're working on another version of that as well, really because we want to keep people inspired but not make them feel like it has to be a project that they have to, like, complete and send back to us but still feel inspired throughout the year. Um, and yeah, we, we, we sort of launched like a memoir project during, uh, COVID and, and people are working on that now and, and sending that back, I think next month. And, and yeah, that's, that's sort of like the main thing that we're doing. And, and, um, but I'm also cataloging all the books. I mean, since COVID started, we have not been able to tour with the project. So we haven't really had a show with the books probably in, Two years, I guess. So probably oh, was, wow. Yeah, That's a while ago. Yeah, maybe September of like 2019 was like the last one. Um, and that was always such a special part of the, the project. And, uh, but yeah, we're just opening back up to the public. So we, we do have people coming by appointment on the weekends and it has really been inspiring to like re like hear people in the space and, and being excited about their book, which yeah. is something I think we all really miss, but. Yeah, currently just just sort of doing what we've been doing and, and allowing people to, to sign up for the project and just making fun merch and, and tote bags and books. Uh, we're working on a new, um, we used to call it the World Tour Book, which was our, which you wrote the, the intro to uh, that yeah. we had in 2015, uh, which eventually uh, went out of print. But so we're making uh, our own version called Sketchbooks of the World, part one. Um, and that is uh, that is go is pre-ordered right now, and then people will get the books in a, in a couple months. But yeah, just really trying to find ways to to, to highlight the collection. That's amazing. I uh, I was thinking I was trying to draw. I don't know. Maybe this is a weird analogy, but you know, I was thinking about um, uh, I was kind of comparing Colossal to the Sketchbook Project in that we you know, we publish five, six days a week. We're always, there's always new content. You're always covering new things. You guys are always appealing to new artists. You're bringing in new sketchbooks. Um, but what we're both doing is accumulating. And, you know, Colossal is about 800,000 files now. We take up, you yes. know, a, a terabyte of server space. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually starts to cost money. And for you guys, your, you know, 55,000 sketchbooks is not a small amount of material. This is, you know, it is a physical library with shelves that go from floor to ceiling. And I imagine, you know, for the long-term success of the project like that, I mean, that really must become a problem for you guys, just how large it is versus how you're able to support that with new, whatever, you know, new projects, new, yeah. you know, whatever. So what does that, what does that mean for you guys? Yeah. And, and I think a, a side of that that's important to think about is like accessibility to the public. So we have really fought to stay in, in New York, in Brooklyn. And, and as that gets more and more expensive, it's, it's, it is, makes it extra hard. But yeah, physical space has always been an issue. We grew out of our first library space that we had in Williamsburg in 2016. And we moved to the current one that we've been in for five, 
five or six years now. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty full to the brim. Uh, and, and because like the model was never meant to, I, we just didn't imagine a world with 55,000 books. So I, it wasn't, you know, the physical space is, is such a big part of it now, but it was just something we didn't think about. And though I do remember like my dad harassing me being like, why are you keeping all of these books? And why are you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. And you know, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that's always top of mind and we want to keep them together and we want to make it accessible. Uh, but, but yeah, it is, it is sort of a, it is the, the burden of it is that it is so, so large. I actually wish I had the, I should have calculated this. I'll have to put this in the email, but the linear actual footage of it is, is like ridiculous of right. how far all the books Just are. Football fields of, of sketchbooks. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hopefully we have one football field worth at least. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys have, you know, switched from kind of a for-profit to a non-profit, your space is growing. You're sort of, you're grappling with everything that has happened with the pandemic um, which I'm sure is limited, you know, sort of ideas of, of what you can realistically do to bring in a new audience or travel or, or all that kind of stuff. Um, you, it sounds like you're slowly kind of getting down to the wire of there needing to be a really major change. And my understanding of this is that sort of without outside help, uh, you know, what, whether that is, you know, manifests as a institutional partnership, um, some kind of a corporate sponsorship, some sort of, uh, uh, you know, benefactor or somebody who's going to come in and partner with you guys, um, that the project could change drastically or, you know, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but like cease to exist or just not be able to function the way that you want to. So, um, what does that, what does that mean for you guys? What's the timeline like? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, to, to give a little context too, I don't, you know, if people haven't followed us for that long, I, I was 20 years old. Uh, I think you wrote a comment about this on, on, uh, interview you sent me that I was pre drinking age. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I was 20 years old. I, I just turned 36. Uh, and I have done this my entire adult life. This was, my job, my full-time job up until, you know, really recently and, and still something I am constantly doing. My wife is on the board and it's just a, it's a huge part of our, our family. We lived above the library for six years in an apartment. Uh, you know, we have eat, eaten and breathed and slept, uh, the sketchbook project and have loved doing that. But, you know, there is this sort of other side of it, which I have, it's always sort of been on my shoulders that, you know, there at some point it's not really like, I always sort of joke. It's like not meant to be sustainable and maybe that's like the wrong way to put it, but it, you know, our projects in itself have sort of a shelf life and, and you know, the world from 15 years ago is a much different place. I mean, even we used to be able to just connect with people on Facebook and, and everyone in your community saw it. That was like, there was no ads. There was nothing like that. I mean, it was just so much easier to sort of interact with people. Uh, but also it was like, there was less trust in the world of buying things on the internet. And there was sort of, so we had, you know, good and bad. And, and throughout the years we've tried to pivot and evolve. And, and I, you know, I feel really proud of what we have done to get there. Um, but, you know, 
I have an, you know, we have amazing staff that have come on and, and are helping and are, are helping to run the organization, but sort of at some point that like push that I have given to it for 15 years has sort of gotten harder and harder to do. Um, but then also we've grown into a completely different thing. I mean, we have 55,000 books, the collection itself, like, so without the act of getting new books, the collection itself is now its own exciting thing that is just like untapped uh, resource of, you know, tens of thousands of people in the world right now. Uh, and as we get, as the collection gets older and we find these like amazing stories of people who have passed away or people who have used this as, as a resource or as a, as a mental health, you know, therapy thing for them and, and all of that, it's like, it just becomes more and more special. Uh, and I think we've sort of, yeah, we've reached this point where we aren't really like excited or comfortable with adding tons of more sketchbooks to the collection, which again, as I said earlier, is like the way we make our money. So if we don't get new sketchbooks, then the collection itself is free and it's open to the public. And and so we don't make money off of it, uh, which is fine and, and something we would love to, to keep allowing the public to do. But yeah, in the end, uh, it's expensive to, to have a 2,500 square foot space in Brooklyn and to have staff that help manage it and to keep our lights on and to, to run our air conditioner and run our heat and to, to do all of the things that are needed to, to run this. I mean, even, you know, just all of these simple things, even at a minimal cost, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And I don't, I don't think people really think about it that way. It seems like, well, how could it, you know, be that expensive, but, but it is. And, uh, and so, yeah, we've, we've been in this space for six years and we are so lucky that we have a landlord who has been relatively understanding with our circumstance. And, and I, I know that everyone has like nightmare landlord, landlord stories, but he has like been the opposite and has allowed us to, to reduce our rent during COVID and has helped as much as he could. But, you know, that, that only goes so far. Uh, and the same thing with like paying our staff. I mean, I'm now volunteering my time for the sketcher project so that my, staff can be paid and we can keep doing that. But, you know, our, our main lease is up in, in, uh, March and yeah, we, we want to exist how we are. We want to keep the collection free and accessible to all. We want to, to donate books to schools. We want to create educational programs and all of these workshops that we do. But yeah, unfortunately the real, the real side of it is that without, continuously send selling tens of thousands of sketchbooks a year, we can't sustain ourselves. And so it is sort of like, you know, we maybe could have, you know, part of this was we were going to do this when we became a nonprofit, but with COVID and everything, it just felt like it wasn't the right time. A lot of our staff had to move, like, you know, I had to move my family out of the city and another one of our staff members had to move out of the city. So we now have three remote people. Uh, And so there's just been a lot of factors that have made it more difficult, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we have it. We have this sort of ticking clock. Uh, you know, we have an amazing community, and so part of this is like, hey, who out there is interested in, in being a part of the Sketcher Project? Who's interested in whether it's just sharing the word about us, sending people our way, donating a couple dollars, or maybe there's someone out there who has this like amazing idea, or someone that you know 
is in a financial situation that can help us going or knows of a company that would want to keep this thing going. I, I really like, we talked on the phone yesterday and you, you talked about that. I, I really feel like you should share your, how you're like, Oh, someone could come in. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I've, I've had this thought in the, in the past, but you know, there, I was trying to imagine the gamut of ways that, you know, you can interact with the project. And there's many ways you can, I mean, you can just interact with it online and never even appreciate the library. But on one level, um, you know, you can have somebody who's walking down the street in Brooklyn, walks into your space for the first time, has no idea what they're looking at. Uh, get the, you know, they get the spiel right quick of how to, how to check out a couple sketchbooks, maybe based on a theme or, you know, so they get their little stack of dog sketchbooks and they look at it. I was going to say cat sketchbooks. Cats, yeah. okay, fine. Cat, okay. Well, come on. I mean, we could probably do iguana sketchbooks, right? I mean, you oh, guys yeah, have everything. Sure. You can find anything. Yeah. But, you know, you can ac- appreciate it on that just superficial level, walk out and just say, oh, that was a great experience. Like, I'm so glad I ran into that today and it made my day better. On the other hand, I sort of imagine, and maybe this is darker, but I don't think it is, like, you know, I imagine, uh, you know, 100 years from now or 500 years from now, whatever, you know, after the apocalypse, you know, uh, an anthropologist or an archaeologist or a historian, you know, opening a vault and discovering this collection of 55,000, you know, collected artworks and opinions and poems and drawings from people from all walks of life, not just, you know, uh, I'll certainly, although there are professional artists and illustrators who, who participate, you have amateur people, you have people who have probably never drawn before who are like, oh, this is yeah. a safe way for me to express myself. Um, all the way down to just children in classrooms who are submitting sketchbooks. Like just the, just the cultural knowledge that is contained in the library itself that spans this massive range of people and ideas and opinions that creates a snapshot of the last 15 years on earth, right? Through art. Like if you were to find that, you know, if we were to imagine finding that today created by a culture in whatever the 1800s or the 1700s, it would be priceless. It would be guarded in a museum and right. And people would be like, getting doctorates on researching the collection like that's what would happen so yeah i mean it's it's such a paradox to me that right now you uh your success creates a a burden right in that you're of trying to upkeep it right and take care of it and be a custodian of it to make sure that it lasts into the future right yeah i mean even uh you just made me think of this thing that I always talk about, but the, we have like, a, you know, these school groups from all over the world. And like, we have these like Africa's African school groups that are like drawing like the elephants outside of their classroom windows. I mean, so even just like now in current time, we get this like view of the other side of the world, you know, yeah. Imagine in, in a hundred years, then like being able to, to look at that all and piece it all together. Uh, but yeah, it is. And it, and it it's evolved so much in the past like five or six years where we are getting so many people who are using this to share more than just art. And it's like, we have these, we have stories of, you know, sexual assault or political stories, especially, you know, in our world now we have just, you know, people 
are finding these books that they can connect to in such yeah. a really special way. You know, uh, right quick. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget this. When I curated the show back in, in, I guess, 2013, I was going through hundreds of sketchbooks and some of that I was going through very quickly and some I was taking my time with. It just depended on what caught my eye. And I found a sketchbook and uh, it was just really richly illustrated, detailed. Uh, and I really sat down with it for a little bit. And it was my understanding reading this that it was a true story. It was a somebody who was processing the murder of their like brother and, you know, kind of walking through like their, you know, his yeah. feelings and what happened and the drawings and like, pro, you know, through, through images and through text. And, uh, you know, I think that going through those types of emotions and, you know, unfortunately is a common thing uh, in our country and, and society, but that that person was willing to then send the sketchbook in and, yeah. you know, just put it out there in the world. And now it's a story that anyone can access. Like I was practically tearing up just knowing that this work was sort of entrusted to you guys. Yeah. We've been in doing this podcast, literally every, what I love the most about it. And it was just sort of what has happened is that all of these artists have, yes, the sketch project was just like a moment in their life. It's obviously not as much on their mind as it is for me, but they all have this like special connection where it led them to something else or it, it helps them to see something differently. And it's just, so there's this whole like real human side of it that is currently still existing where these people are, have such a, a special connection to it. And it's like, it has made me even just feel re like in love with the collection just recently too, just talking to these artists who have had such great experiences with it or, Maybe that wasn't a good, I mean, they had a good experience with us, but maybe their book was about a bad experience, but they needed to let that go. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it is truly priceless. People ask me all the time, what is your favorite book? Every, every interview I've ever done has asked me that. And I genuinely hate that question because it just doesn't matter. It's, like, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It doesn't matter. And because when you walk in there, if you've experienced that, which I know not, you know, only a small percentage of people can obviously experience that and be in New York and do it, but you are surrounded by this brown wall. It all blends together. And then you like start to pull one book off at a time. And it's like, yeah, Susie's story about a sexual assault. And then it's like someone surviving cancer or somebody's just like drawing a book with their two-year-old. And it's just like this, it's there's such this human side of it. And then we start to like research these artists and we, find their like backstory and it's so special and all of this is like so much what we want to spend our time doing is like going through the collection and being able to tell the stories of these people but yeah we we end up spending you know it's the way you put it is perfect it's like the success is the burden like we end up having to just spend all of our time marketing it that way rather than just like showing people how special the books are that we already have yeah um, so you said March, you know, you the lease is up in the space. I, you know, ideally, um, you want to have some, some, some idea, you know, where things are going to go before that. So you're looking for, yeah. for, you know, somebody or someone or, or some organization to step in here relatively quickly. Are you wanting them to like take the reins of the project and, you know, they take control and just, you know, 
you know, put their vision on it? Do you want them to come in as a, as a silent partner who are just want to see the project exist so that you guys and the board and the existing employees can just kind of keep doing what you're doing day to day? Like how, how would that relationship work? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we really hope to find someone that, that sort of sees the collection like we do and, and our board does and everyone who wants to just, you know, be able to help share it with the world. I mean, what that means, I think is open for interpretation. It would be really exciting to find someone who has different ideas on that. Like I don't really come from like a tech background. So whenever I talk to like a tech person, they're like, we could do all this crazy stuff now with, you know, if we could scan all these books. And so there's like that whole side of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we genuinely want to view this as a new start and a new era of this collection like the we were the sketchbook project for the 15 years we collected all of these books but it's like now it's too special to stop the collection like and it's and so yeah we would love you know we love the opportunity the sketchbook project is all about seeing a book being inspired and making your own book and we love that but we could probably give people that through other ways and it doesn't necessarily have to be about adding your your voice to this particular collection and but regardless, whether that happens in the future or not, it's now grown too much and it's too big and it's too important to just like let it be. And so we just feel like we need someone or, or something to come in and help us financially get to a point where our focus can just be to share this collection as much as possible. And uh, I think we're really open to what that means and Harriet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're really we're open to what that means and 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 who that that is. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are already here who really care about it. And we talked about this on the phone too, but there's no like I'm not I'm a volunteer. All the boards are board members are volunteers. The staff get paid a normal, reasonable New York salary. There's two or three staff members right now that's you know, we've sort of whittled it down to the minimum of people and, and everybody wants to be a part of it. Everyone is dedicating as much possible time as they can to it to keep it going. So you're not taking on, it's sort of, we've fallen so far from like what we were as a, when we were a for-profit business, we don't look like that at all. And so it is, you are truly just helping to take on and to help support this new initiative of preserving this collection and sharing it with as many people as possible and helping to inspire as many people as possible. So there, you know, realistically, there is one person who is listening to this podcast yeah. or who is going to get, a, you know, an email that you're going to send out, who's going to read something that you guys are going to share on, on social media in the next couple of days or weeks. There's this one person who is going to have the power, you know, or have the wherewithal to realize, Hey, you know, this, the sketchbook projects, you know, values and their mission and their goals are aligned with my organization. Like, you know, maybe it makes sense for us to sort of get involved and, and you know, to come in and sort of be this uh, savior of the of the project. But and I can't wait to find out who this. I can't wait to find out who that person is. Yeah. But you know, we also have everybody else who is listening. We have everyone else yeah. who's on your email list and your community and whatnot. You know. Is there something that everybody else can do right now to, to, to help? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, 
we would, you know, love everybody's help. I mean, there's a lot there. Again, there's about 40,000 plus people because there's some people who have done multiple books who are in the collection. I mean, just we have been the keeper of your books and will forever fight to be the keeper of your books. Uh, but yeah, I mean, realistically, the $25, the $30 you gave us 10 years ago is long gone to preserve what, you know, the collection is. So if, if you are, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people who have moved on and, and that's, you know, we obviously are like, get it. You know, there's people who, who did it when they were a teenager and don't necessarily care anymore. And that's fine. Uh, and, 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 uh, and with this sort of shift, we're, we're sort of giving people an opportunity to potentially get their book back or sort of change that. But I think realistically, there is a lot of people who care. There's a lot of people who support us, who want their book, who see the value in this. And yeah, I mean, even if you just get a small percentage of those people that could donate a few dollars, who could share the word, who could like let their friend who works at some really cool organization know about this. I mean, I, I don't know if it has, you know, yes, there probably realistically is one person who will come and help us, but maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe the community bands together and we become like independently run and can go on for a very long time. I mean, it's, it's it's really sort of i think that's the thing i mean we've we've kept this we've been really sort of shy about asking for money in this sense but i think we've gotten to such a pure place like all we truly want is to keep this collection going we just don't want it to to end and no one there's no ceo making tons of money no one is looking to profit off this anymore this is all truly about keeping this together and making it accessible to people. We have so many, you know, we have like design firms who are willing to help us pro bono. There's people like you that are willing to help us pro bono. Like we have all of these friends in the world that can help spread the word that can help make it better. We just like, it's like so silly. We just need the base and sort of an influx so that we can then look at the organization and and do things that are really meaningful and educational and 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 are in line with our nonprofit mission so that we can then continue and get more long-term donations but there is sort of this need now to to go faster and and to get us off our get us on our feet um i mean even like i'm just thinking people might be like well why didn't you just do this when you became a nonprofit and we you know, we, we weren't able to even do a fundraiser. We had an in-person fundraiser. We had a hotel, the White Hotel in, in Williamsburg, which has been a huge friend of ours and has always supported us, gave, given us the space for free. But then COVID happened and there's just, there just hasn't even been a chance. So we did a digital fundraiser, but I mean, we all know that's not going to be the same. And, and I think we need to just, we started being honest with ourselves that we have not been honest with the community that we are struggling and that this is the time if you ever felt like you wanted to support this sort of thing, this this sort of open sourced, you know, inclusive community project, like this is your opportunity and it, and it really will go a long way. Where? So to all of it, to everyone who's listening right now, uh, both the you know future partners who are going to help save the project and to your community who. Uh, is out here and wants to sort of rally behind you and make sure make make sure that you know the space doesn't close and the project continues you know for years. Where do we where do we go? Where do we? I mean, just log on your website. Is there a place we need to like? Where do we go? 
Yeah, well, uh, brooklynartlibrary.org slash donate is a great place to start if you just want to donate something. Anything is super helpful. Uh, if you have ideas or thoughts, uh, we'd also love to hear them. You can email me directly, uh, Stephen at brooklynartlibrary.org or our executive director is uh, Emma at brooklynartlibrary.org. And we are like really excited to just, it's almost like the whole project was crowdsourced. Why not just like crowdsource this next phase? So truly, if you have a thought about it, uh, you know, or constructive criticism or something positive to say, <laughs> please email us. Uh, you know, we don't, we've done everything we can possibly do to keep this going and we're, we're going to keep fighting for it. So yeah, we'd love to hear any, any positive feedback or ideas that you have. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are, we are here and, and you can stop by and make an appointment if you're in the New York area and do that. Um, you can also just like, if you just feel like you want something in exchange for a donation, we have really cute tote bags and t-shirts and really cool books. And you can pre-order this, which is like, we have a new designer who started like, well, she's not that new. She started like six months ago, but she laid out this sketchbooks of the world book um, with our associate creative director, Autumn. And it's like truly beautiful. And it's just like, it's the stories of. Harriet is not. Harriet loves the design of the new book. Harriet, Harriet, the librarian that you all know her. I mean, she's, we haven't updated her Instagram in two years, but she's around. Uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, we, we have all these beautiful things coming out. We're going to continue to do that. And we're about to launch another prompt book that I just got a glimpse of. And it's, it's really cute and fun. So yeah, I mean, we totally get if you want to just buy a book and feel inspired, it also is helping us. So yeah, I mean, but in the end, it, it's, it's, it is going to be half a group community effort and half, you know, someone who, has that idea, has that financial backing, has that connection that wants to introduce us to someone and we're here for it. We, we want, we want that intro. Um, so yeah. Amazing, Steven. Um, well, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I'm, I, you know, personally, I'm really optimistic. I think that, that there is, there is this interest, uh, obviously spread around your community that once they're sort of tuned into what's happening and listening and really paying attention, uh, realizes how important and how serious this is. Um, you know, I, I, I really, really wish you luck and I'm uh, excited to hear what happens next. Yeah. I mean, yeah, first off, thank you so much for, for doing this with us and, and always being a, a friend of the project. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we went into this, you know, it's, it's, tough to be strained financially but we are so excited about the future because this isn't about going out of business it's about taking this collection and just growing it and that's how we're all viewing it and 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 i think everybody on our staff is like on board like you know going to the staff members and being like hey we're in this really tough situation just so you know we get it if you have to look for another job and everyone's like no we're here for it and we're gonna <laughs> and make it work and it's just like so awesome and i think i, I really think the community will do it so yeah to you and, and everybody listening and and um yeah i mean we'll, we'll probably do some more episodes on this and, and you can also check us out on instagram we're going to talk a lot more about it and um yeah thanks so much yeah you bet steve have a great day you too
Thanks for listening. Uh, If you made it this long and you are still listening to this podcast, we would love for you to make a donation. Uh, Please head to brooklynartlibrary.org slash podcast, or we'd love to hear your thoughts. Email me personally at steven at brooklynartlibrary.org, or you can email our executive director at emma at brooklynartlibrary.org and... We would love to hear if you have any ideas on how we can keep moving in the future. We really appreciate all the support you've given us over the years. Thank you so much.